Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast. And before we jump into the show, I want to tell you all about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off of a $50 purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 purchase for all of your holiday parties and have it delivered right to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. For the Colorado Avalanche, that's Matt Duchesne. Right now, news is breaking that he has been involved in a trade that has been completed, and it looks like they have pulled him off the ice here after just playing a couple of minutes to start this hockey game. The best Avalanche coverage in Denver. Fans have the puck again in the New York zone. Shot, score! Taking you beyond the ice and inside the locker room. It's Gerard didn't have a stick. The handoff in the slot broken up with a skate by Gerard. He broke up that play. Then he stopped it there. Oh, wow. What a play by Gerard. <laughs> and now, here are your hosts, A.J. Hafley and Adrian Dater. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks Welcome into the PSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, the only subscription service that gets you into almost any event in Denver. Download the In We Go app today and use the promo code BSN50 to get half off your first month. Today's show is also brought to you by Bender's Bar and Grill, where I, your host, Jesse Montano, and the one and only Adrian Dater are sitting at ADU, and I talk about this all the time. We got hockey, live hockey playing to our right. This is, this is the best hockey bar in the metro area. It is the best hockey bar in the metro area because of the fact that we are actually watching hockey as we sit through this podcast. We're at Bender's Bar and Grill, Westminster. The uh, bar is fantastic. Original six jerseys hanging above where I'm viewing right now. Above the bar. We're sitting further back from the bar. Original six jerseys. Original Avs jerseys on the on the on the rafters. A Claude Lemieux original game worn jerseys. I uh, see a ton of other things, and we're watching uh, hockey in the rink adjacent to the bar, to the to the establishment. Pretty cool, right? And there's two Co- other rinks right down the way that we can't see. It's yeah. it's this. Bender's awesome. Bar and Grill is the best hockey bar in Colorado. Period. End of story. So it's Absolutely. great to be here. We're. Uh, we're on Thursday night edition. Avalanche Blues. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about some other f- subjects like playoff format. Some some league stuff. You know these league um, stuff. We'd like to talk a little bit about the league sometimes. You know, I've got some insights on playoff format. Uh, can Alex Ovechkin score enough goals to maybe pass Wayne Gretzky? It's not theoretically impossible. We're going to talk feasible. about that. It's feasible. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk uh, CBA. CBA. We're going to talk some CBA. We won't spend a lot of time on the CBA. Uh, like, I definitely don't want to put all our <laughs> listeners to sleep on that one. But we're going to talk a little bit about about the potential for a lockout. Because it's, it's coming up. And you have yeah. to start getting into that conversation a little bit. And but, I have a little info on that. So, But before we get into all that, AD, you were at practice today. Yep. Not, not a lot interesting happened, but there well, seems like there's some updates. Never is. I mean, practices are practices. <laughs> they're, you know, they're just uh, not where you go for news generally as a reporter. After practice in the locker room. Now, that could be a different story, but the mm-hmm. actual practice. Uh, updates from today. No, no Alexander Kerfoot tomorrow night. Uh, upper body. Um, he's skating and shooting pucks, though. Uh, so I don't know what the injury is. I didn't see what had happened. Maybe I want- it's a... You know, a bruise or something. But I walked into the arena behind him uh, for the the Oilers game. No brace, no yeah. limp, no you know he, nothing. If you didn't know any better, you wouldn't think he was hurt. Yeah. So I, I agree. With you. It's it's got to be something. But when we asked Jared Bednar about it today, 
or I asked him. Um, Bednar said he has, quote, no timetable on his return. And then I said, well, geez, does that mean bad stuff? Like, could this be weeks? And he said, well, I don't really know. But he said, then he said, well, he's out there and he's skating. And he basically said it should be short term. So, um, you know, it's weird that the Avalanche can be so opaque at times about stuff like this. Like, just... If you know how long it's going to be, what what difference does it make to say when he's going to be back or not? As Jesse just got a little bit of ketchup malfunction here, folks. Uh, Jesse Montano trying to open a bottle of ketchup. Spills a little. You might want to check that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, uh, Kerfoot. Okay, Kerfoot. No Kerfoot. Grooby in that tomorrow night. We've had we've had a, a few consecutive days of Timmins now. Was there? I mean, I, I know we got I mean, kind of an update on I him yesterday. I don't get to practice early enough to watch him skate around on his own, but uh, he skated apparently for almost an hour today. So the word I hear is that it's all good. It's continued to be good for a couple of weeks now, at least. And uh, if all goes well, you know this kid could finally be back playing up in Loveland, like in two or three weeks. So, so we're, sti- we're, we're still on that track, it looks like, for uh, January. No major setbacks right now. Yeah, and right Bednar now. did talk a little more in sort of present terms about Tim and saying, you know, he's around the team. Guys are interacting really, really well. While it's tough for injured guys to feel like a part of the team, Connor is part of our team now. And, uh, you know, it all sounded good. So, you know, we can't talk to players officially when they're hurt. Uh, it's just team policy. I mean, I can talk to him off the record or his agent <laughs> off the record, but I can't really report anything. If you if you run into him, you can speak to him, but, yeah, you can't, you can't he, put him off the record means off the record. Like, I can't write. If I say something's off the record, I'm not going to report it, and I'm right. not going to talk about it. Right. Um, but all I can tell you is what I think is the case is that he's going to come back in January. Hopefully. So, uh, so Grooby and Net, that's the yep. other piece of news. Like we kind of expected that. But Barley's cu- starting Saturday night against Dallas. So, that's, so, so there's no Grooby's won the job thing. It's going to be Varley. He's going to get a night off. Hopefully he comes back and plays well Saturday night. Otherwise, yeah, then we're in a world of hurt. Uh, that'll be four straight bad starts for Varley if so, that happens. So for you, quick sidebar on that. What is When Varley comes out on Saturday night, what does he have to do in order for it to well, be considered a, a proper stop, bounce stop back? Stop the puck, of course, but uh, just look like you're a little more uh, active and, and with it. Uh, you know, don't look so kind of uh, beatable and just, you know, I mean, a goalie is weird. You, you can tell when a goalie has confidence and when he doesn't. Mm. And right now it looks like Varley's confidence is down a little bit. He's in a down spiral. Um, he's hard to read because he's always so low-key. He never shows <laughs> any emotion either way. So it's very difficult to judge how he's feeling and conf- confidence-wise. But you can you can pick up little clues with him. He's, uh, I think when he's confident, he, he has a little bit of a cocky look on his face. He doesn't ever say anything cocky, but yeah. he looks at that way. And I don't, have not seen that look in the last few days. So uh, I just uh, I think that he's uh, you know he's going through a bad patch. I don't think this is anything horrible or serious. He's just he's in a rough patch. Uh, but uh, other than that, you know, practice today was all about breakouts, uh, breaking out of the zone better, and not turning the puck over. To me, that's been a thing that's we haven't we touched on it. But we you know, turning the puck over out of their zone is. It's really hurt them lately, and they spent m- the majority of the practice on breakouts today. So Multiple goals against the Oilers were directly off turnovers coming out of the zone. So mm-hmm. that, it's definitely something they need to uh, need to be practicing. Uh, yep. So, so eight, tomorrow eight, night eight. in St. Louis, team seems – the word that I heard, though, is that it was a great practice for the Avs today, more upbeat, energetic practice than they've had in a long time. Uh, Bednar spe- stressed that. And he's, he noticed that the energy level was down uh, recently. 
partly what I wrote after practice today, which you can read about on the site, is how Eric Johnson believes that that first game after an Eastern road trip is tough because they can't get acclimated to the altitude fast enough and they don't have as much energy and legs. And they're So it was, it was interesting you can read about that there. They're not using that as an excuse, but it was interesting to hear him say that officially. Uh, well, you know, AJ made a made a good point a couple weeks ago. I don't remember if it was on the show or AJ if it made was a good point, <laughs> or if it was just him and I Kidding. talking privately. Where you know he said, when you're playing such a road heavy schedule and you don't have any actual home stands, even mm-hmm. playing at home, you don't you're not really playing at home. You're not getting the because you yeah. know you're staying in yeah, your bed your for what elsewhere. one night, right? right. Yeah, and then and then the next day you're you're on a plane, right? right. So the right. Avs need to, you know, th- this is an absolutely grueling part of their schedule right now. It's going to start calming down in January. Yeah. And, again, no excuses for, for the way that they've lost these last couple of games. But at the same time, while it's not an excuse, that, that's those are real facts. You know, you, yep. you are tired. You are beat down. You traveled a lot. Yep. I think it's mentally tired. Mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's exactly it. Yeah. So, so they will have four straight home games after the f- – game with the Blues. Uh, they will go back on the road, though, in January for some games. I mean, they've got... <laughs> they've got another five-game road yeah, trip in January. they've got a five-game road trip not too far from now. So <laughs> the fact that everybody says, oh, they're at home now, they can really... You know, not really. There's, it's really after, like, mid-January that they're really that, at home for a while. That second week there is when they f- first start getting their, like, first real big yeah. home stands. After that five-game trip, they're down to almost... Probably almost close to single digits on the road. Uh, after, after that five-game trip, it'll be 13 road games remaining okay. for all... All of Not single the, the second half of January, all of February, yeah. all of March, thirteen yep. road games. Yeah, so, so you're getting there. Um, I think the Avalanche will be. Uh, Eric Johnson talked a lot today about how it's a huge advantage for us when we're at home for an extended stay, because our lungs are so much better acclimated to the altitude by then that. Uh, even if we go on a road, one-game road trip somewhere else, our lung, we can feel like we can skate forever. Mm-hmm. You can, he said you can skate all day. And it's the exact opposite, vice versa. But yeah, so I do expect the Avalanche to settle down more soon. You know, after this game, I think they're going to start feeling like they're more settled down as a team. We'll get a couple um, games at home, back-to-back games at home for the first time in yeah, weeks. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're going to be at home all next week, starting Saturday. So that's you know that's a, that's been very different in itself. <laughs> They're going to play some teams they should beat, you know, Montreal. St. Louis. Dallas. Dallas. St. Louis again, right, coming back. Are they part of this next homestand? Well, no, I'm just saying Uh, tomorrow. That's a a game they should I'm not counting that. I'm counting the home games. Uh, Who else do they play? Look it up, Adrian. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll look it up for you. But while I look it up, I want to touch on this briefly just because we did mention it, and I find it interesting. Alexander Ovechkin could completely change gears here. Alexander Ovechkin is off to the best goal-scoring start he's had in his career. Pretty amazing. He is uh, at 33 years old. He's already up over 25 goals on the year. He's at 25 goals in the year. 632 in his career. Mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky, 894. Mm-hmm. In order for Alex Ovechkin to catch Wayne Gretzky... By age 40. That was the age I used as the cutoff just because I think that's that's a fair roundup. He's got to score 37, essentially 37 and a half goals each of the next seven years. That includes this year. He's 12 shy. So you imagine he'll go over that a little bit. So that number will probably shrink a little. AD, first of all, do you, do you, think, it's, do you think it's possible? I think it's possible, but it's... Almost certain that it won't happen. I mean, that's too many years to have to score that many goals. It's going to catch up to him two or three years from See, now. Where I he's think just not going to be fast enough to play in this league and score goals like that. I but think he's going to have to have if if he's got a chance to do it, which I agree. With you, I think I think there's a chance. I, I do. I, I, I think there's a chance. I mean, and and I don't think there's anybody else we could ever have said that for. Probably not. And. I think if, if he's going to do it, he's going to have to have like a 60 goal this year or, or, or a 60 goal year this year. You know, the next couple of years, he's going to have to bank a lot and and then, you know, be able to kind of coast a little bit on the back yeah. half of 30. Yeah. 
But for someone who's, who's been around the game as long as you have and, and watched as much hockey as you have, AD, is this the greatest goal scorer of all time? Uh, when, when, you, when you take I, into account how good the defensemen are now and how, how goaltending is better than ever, the fact that this guy can score at the rate he is and even put himself in that conversation, do you put him up there as, as maybe the greatest of all time? Well, that's a tough question. It's so hard to compare eras. Right. Uh, I probably would say still, though, the best pure goal scorer that I think I've seen is Mario Lemieux. Mm. And that was even not even in his prime when I saw him a lot. Um, But, boy, he was just, I mean, he was just so unbelievable with the puck. In finishing areas, uh, he was a great passer too. Don't get me wrong. I, it could be. I mean, why not Gretzky? Gretzky could have scored a lot more goals if he wanted to. I still think you have to say a guy who had 900 goals though is probably the greatest goal scorer. <laughs> right. I mean, I think Wayne Gretzky still. It's it's easy to sort of dismiss his goal scoring in a way because he's just his assists were fun- off the charts. Right. But the guy still put up 90. He still scored nine. Was it ninety-two goals in one year? He scored ninety-two goals. Let or me double that. that it's something. I I think. I, I think I know ninety-two is I mean, correct. I know Timo Solani scored seventy-six one year, so I know it's over. You know, I I believe Gretzky has the goal-scoring record too, among every other. Record. <laughs> ninety-two. Yeah. Ninety-two. That was the two hundred and fifteen-point season, right? Two hundred twelve. Oh. 200. So he had a two fifteen-point season. Right after that, I thought. Or is it? Uh, nope. No. Um, oh. oh, I thought it was 215. You sure about that? Uh, 212, and then, oh, I'm sorry. In in 85, 86, he did have a 215-point uh-huh. season. How many goals that year? Only 52. God. I say only. 163 <laughs> assists, was it? Yeah. 163, yep. Whew. 163 assists one year. In four consecutive years from 81 <laughs> to 84. Five, he had 92 goals, 71 <laughs> goals, 87 goals, 73 goals. And yet, would Gretzky score that many goals today? No. No, no he wouldn't. But would he – would his – it's like this – it's like the spinal tap argument about going to 11. Would, would Wayne Gretzky be an 11 today? Or would his numbers, his volume just get turned up a little more and make 10 the louder number? You, you see what I'm trying to say? Like, would he, would Wayne Gretzky of today with his skills and just be automatically transferred to a, you know, the better body and type and play in this game and then still be phenomenal? Or would he just not score as many points, period? I guess I think I, he wouldn't. Because goaltending was not as good, period. Right, right. Period. Yeah. So that's a big factor, right? The it goal is. Goaltending wasn't as good. Well, and, and that to me is is the big argument for Alex Ovechkin being the greatest, just pure goal scorer of all time. Is Could is goaltending goal has never yeah. been better, and and, and defense have never been better. Right. The defenseman. And, and the fact that we're even having this conversation of it's feasible for him to catch him. Yep. Is, yeah. is I think it's a valid point to make in it's an a, argument. It's a it's an be, argument at least, right? We'll never quite know unless he just breaks the record and I it, think right. <laughs> you'd have to say yes he is. Right. You know, that the numbers say it. If if he gets to an even nine hundred, then I think that's definitive. Yeah. And you say he I is. I wonder if he'll really start to think about this though and, and really want to do this. I mean yeah, I, I think it depends on on how the next two years go. If he can approach fifty over this year and next I think right, you could then see he'll a, be ahead of the 37 number. Right, where, where so he now can it's 30 maybe. He can kind of coast on 30 for the yeah. last four or five years, and and he could maybe even go a couple extra years yeah, to, yeah, to get yeah. there. Play 42, 43, kind of like Yager did. Year, right. Just keep doing it, like Yager. I mean, who's to say he won't? I'm not here to say he can't do it. I think uh, I think his competitiveness. If he gets close enough, and and he does the math and says, you know what, I can do this. Maybe. Maybe, I, and he's, you know, guys always think, well, he's no way he'll play that long. Most players, when you really get down to it, will always say, look, and they're counseled by other players, just play as long as you possibly can. Yeah. Play as long as you can. Because you're going to have a lot of time in retirement to sit back and look back. And the year you didn't play at age 40, 
or 41 because uh, I'm just too tired. By 48, 49, 50, you're going to be like, damn, <laughs> I'm, I'm bored. so bored right now. <laughs> Why didn't I play that last year? You know, See, so. I, I think I think he does. If he if he continues to just go off this year and, and he can do it again next year, or at least you know, so, you know, have a, have another good run where he can get above that 37 <laughs> goal threshold. I'll be admit I'll admit I haven't thought at all about this, but now I'm curious, now I'm sort of into the fact that this maybe could happen and maybe you know really start thinking about this. Cause, like cause that'd be a great thing to look forward to. 37 is a big number, but it's not it's not un you know it's not undoable. No, it's not. 37 goals for Alex Ovechkin is is very doable. The problem is once you hit like 38. Right. To it, me, it's all about that's him. A long job. I mean, what is he now? 32. 33. 33. 33. He'll be 34 at the start of next season. Okay. 33. I mean, he's pretty old for a hockey player right now, but once you hit 36, man, it's tough. Tough. It's it's to me, it's all Look about him banking him over the next couple years. The next this season and next will determine if he can actually do it, in my opinion. Look what happened to Ginla. I mean, he was rocking every year 30, mm -hmm. 30, 30, 30. And then when he hit that like 38, it was like nothing. Uh -oh. It went away <laughs> fast. So, so <laughs> and we'll it see. always starts in the legs. So mm -hmm. it's an interesting conversation, and and I don't think any people ever thought there would be an interesting conversation about a Wayne Gretzky record. So never, never would I have thought that. So the fact that we're even talking about it is a good topic, and well done, Jesse, for bringing it up. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll we'll get into some of the the league minutia as uh, there are some pressing issues that have effects on the entire league that we might see tackled here over the next couple of years. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go and Bender's Bar and Grill. We will be right back. Hey, everybody. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Avalanche games, for only $39 per month. There's no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Avalanche home games with your In We Go subscription for only 39 bucks a month. And it's not just Avs games. It's Rockies, Rapids, Nuggets, Buffs, concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that In We Go can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with In We Go to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it just like we all did at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back in. Second segment here on the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go and Bender's Barn Grill. Jesse Montano and AJ Hafe and not not AJ Hafley. Definitely not AJ Hafley. You guys with your A names. Adrian, AJ. I'm with Adrian Dater, Big Red up here at Bender's Barn Grill. Fantastic food. I took that break to to get some of it down. Jesse's got a bag basket of curly fries curly that is fries. being slowly but surely devoured here. <laughs> To uh, this is probably the only bar that you'll go to in 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 Colorado where hockey I think takes prececence on on the TV. You know we got Tampa and and Toronto right? on on. We are at Bender's right now where even there's having like to crane 58 my TVs in here and almost all of them will have the Lightning uh, Maple Leafs game on, which is a game of the week for sure in the NHL. The other channel has the NHL Network on. I see. I think I, I see Darren Pang over there doing yep. a, a video session kind of thing. I see Buffalo and Arizona on the other one. Yeah, we got Buffalo, Arizona. If you don't think Bender's isn't the biggest, <laughs> best hockey bar in the in the land, the fact that we've got Buffalo, Arizona on the TV right now. That's right. Case closed. Debate over. <laughs> Bender's Bar and Grill. Ad, you, we you know we've talked about this a little bit privately. I know you you've got some some contacts in higher places than I do. The the NHL and the NHLPA are both eligible to opt out of the current CBA in 2020. What are you hearing on that front? Are we headed for another lockout? I don't think so. Um, there's been a little kerfuffle in the last couple of days about the, the escrow going up by 2% for the players. Now what that means is players get 2%, they're gonna have 2% more deducted from their paychecks to, to guarantee that the league 
gets enough revenue to cover any potential revenue shortfalls that they have. And if it doesn't meet the agreed upon revenue number in a couple years that they, or the next coming year that they, either the players get all that money back plus interest or none of that money back. Uh, and that's, you know, that's it. Um, or any percentage thereof. So it's going to go from 11.5 to 13.5. It was 14%, I believe, two years ago. So um, now this is this two is, years ago it was 14%. That means the NHL players are getting 14% deducted from their paychecks in addition to the regular taxes that are taken out. And it's a big, you know, it's, it's a problem. Now, very often the players have gotten most of that money back. Because when the actual revenue number comes in later next year or whatever, the summer, then they determine, all right, here's your money back. That's part of that escrow agreement. So one year or one or two years, they actually got more money back. So they made money. But when the revenue targets aren't being met, they'll, they'll legal take that money. It's all very complicated. I'm not an accountant. That said, I don't believe that this is a big enough uh, deal breaker to force the players to, to hold out again, sit out, not agree to a deal, and and have a lockout. Now, it takes two to tango. The league is the one who – the owners are the ones who in, will impose a lockout, of course. It's not up to the players either way, although the players can never agree to a deal if they don't want to and, and force a lockout. You know what I'm saying. Right. But it was really up to the owners. I don't think so because the, 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 the both sides know that uh, – you got to give on the escrow. Both a bit. sides know that there's there's no way the NHL can. Now, when I say there's no way, yes, they can. They can have another lockout. The fans have always come back. And, and Jesse, right now, do you see empty arenas <laughs> right now when you see a game? No More fans. Than fans ever. come back. They always come back. It has nothing to do with the fan reaction. It really doesn't. Some fans didn't come back from the last lockout, but that's a very tiny majority, minority to the vast numbers of hockey fans who long ago forgot about the last lockout. So, but the players know that they always lose in a lockout. They're going to fight. Paid. They're going to fight. They're going to have a compromise somewhat on the escrow stuff. They're going to come back to the league and say, look, I want. You're going to take 13.5% from us. Well, you're going to have to guarantee us more money in other areas. Maybe it's the World Cup money. Maybe it's Olympic money. Maybe it's this, that, and the other thing. So there definitely could be major fights ahead, but most people that I talk to say they, will, they don't believe a lockout will happen. In, in your opinion, you, you think that there, there are going to be fights ahead, but – all there's should be able to fights. be resolved. Yeah, there's always fights. I mean, they, they're paying Donald Fear to be a fighter, basically. If he just says, oh, it's great, yeah, let's just play, then they, they don't <laughs> – that's not the way Donald Fear has ever operated. <laughs> they're going to come up with something to to fight on. That's just what these people do. That's their, They're paid to be that way. They, they, they don't look good if they don't look like they're fighting for something. Now, you but, mentioned it a second ago. One of the sticking points – I think could be, well, not I think, I know will be, is Olympic participation. Now, the reason I say I know it will be was because the NHL mm-hmm. last year, when the, when, or earlier this year, actually, when the players were trying to make their argument to go to the Olympics, the NHL came back and said, all right, we'll, we'll make you a deal. You extend out the current CBA by three years, and you guys can go. And the, and the PA shot it down immediately. So you know Olympics are going to be part of it because the NHL already tried to use it as a bit of a negotiating tactic. Do you think the do you think that that gets in? Do you think that the NHL maybe kind of did this long play so they can give the Olympics on the next CBA but take a little bit back? Yep, I probably do. And the next Olympics are in China, right? Yep. So they want the, the league wants to be in China. They want their product exhibited in China. The best, the best product available. So China, I don't think we're never going to have a league in China. I mean, that's just too far to fly for a game. The right? KHL has one team over there, and I've right. heard even that's a, a pain. But they want to, they want to have more hockey fans wherever they can get them. China has got a billion and a half people, <laughs> <laughs> and there's no reason why China 
couldn't become a big hockey country, you know? They have ice over there. It's pretty cold in China. So <laughs> they, they want to be in China. That said, the, the owners are always going to be worried about the Olympics. The, the, the money part of the Olympics is never going to be right for the owners because it's an amateur thing still. It's all, all that BS with the IOC and all that crap. They, they always lose on that. And you could lose your player. John Tavares. <laughs> lots of players. Lots of players. Avalanche lost Joe Sackick in the Olympics in 1998 for six weeks because he got his tore up, twisted his knee in Nagano. So uh, six weeks, and that really hurt that team coming mm-hmm. back. Really did. That was the year they uh, lost Edmonton in the first round of the playoffs. You know, Sackick was never the same that year. He well, just it was all bad that year. But I think it was 2014. Or twenty. Whenever, whenever, not this past Olympics, but the last time the NHL was there, John Tavares yeah, messed his knee 14, up and, and ruined right. the Islanders' season. Right, that was fourteen. Yeah, Vancouver, I, I right? Know, I know that because they've had an Olympics in two thousand two, so twelve years later would have to be three times. Yep, four. yep, yep. Right. Oh, and then twenty eighteen. Yeah, twelve minus divided four. by three is four, right? Well, and we had one earlier this year, a Winter Olympics earlier this year, so twenty eighteen minus four. Yeah, right. twenty fourteen. Math is hard, AD. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. I personally, I'm not an Olympics guy. I don't care about the winner. I don't care about Olympics with pro hockey players. I just don't. That's just me. I look at it as a mercenary tournament where nobody. It's like, okay, you want a two-week tournament? Oh, hats and horns, well, and, big deal. And right now, but it's people do love it. A lot no of one's gonna do. beat Canada. It's a, it's a money. Yeah, I know, right? Well. U.S. is going to be there next time. I mean, Austin Matthews. Eichel. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll have Eichel. a good team, but. I, I, but yeah, I know. I the, know. Canada just, I mean, it's. I, it's know, and they, I know. They're so annoying about it, too, in a way. They, they, P.K. Subban couldn't make the last Canadian team. He was the seventh defenseman. Yeah. How do you compete with that? I know. Well, uh, regardless, I don't think it's. It, I do think the league would love to be in China for the Olympics. Nobody wanted to be in South Korea for the last Olympics. Bad times. Nobody cared. Um, Sochi was different. That was Russia. Mm-hmm. That was that was a better product. That was just a better venue. Uh, Russia really wanted that Olympic Games to happen. They, I'm sure they Putin paid Batman <laughs> under the table. <laughs> so. Beyond that, though, I don't, I don't know what they're going to decide. I, I know that, uh, you know, it's a contentious topic with the league, and every four years they kind of have to bang their head against the wall and deal with this. I know that Bettman doesn't love to deal with that issue at all um, because the league has no say in anything. That's, that's what they hate. I mean, right. That's really what they hate. Well, and that's why they love the World Cup because that was right. their tournament. They collect all the revenues. What I heard from the last World Cup, though, is that players were very unhappy about the way the revenues were distributed on that, that the players didn't get enough money. They basically got about an average of $10,000 per player, per, per paycheck, per player. That's right. it. Well, That's not enough uh, to, for players to want that World Cup back. It didn't make enough money. There were empty seats. I was there at that last World Cup for Bleacher Report, covering that a few days of it. And I can tell you that, you know, it it, it was a non-event basically, uh, except for like North America, Canada. And Canada. But even in Toronto, it wasn't. They were not sold. The games were not sold out. Most of the games were not sold out. And there was some great hockey. I mean, remember the, the, the under the, eighteen the, team, the North American, the, the North American team, Sweden the game. Team. That that is, and you, best you even have you've ever seen. You right? old school best hockey ever. guys saying that is arguably the, the greatest best, hockey best game hockey of all time ever. But nobody really cared, Mm-mm. in the sense that they well, bought tickets or watched on TV, except for really hardcore hockey fans. It's a bad time of the year. First of all, it's in the summer. Or, no, it was well, in September. I'm but, sorry. But, but that was part of the problem. It bled into training camp. So Nobody cares. Canadian guys, guys that went to the medal rounds of those yep. World Cup, yep. missed the beginning of training camp. Year. I know. I know. Anyway, we're but, off topic a yeah, little. Yeah, so you've, been, you've covered a couple lockouts. You don't yeah. see it coming, basically. I don't think so. Not this one, no. They just were too... Everybody was a little too burned. I mean, I can't believe they actually had the other lockout in 2013 that they had. The I'm still half amazed. season? Yeah. I can't believe that actually happened again. I mean, the, the, the owners, 
were so hardcore to get that number down to 50-50. You know, remember it was, you know, 52-48. You know, finally they got it down to 50-50. You go below 50, players are not, then they're going to go, then they're going to die on that hill. Right. I don't think the owners have gotten everything they could possibly want right. from the players at this point. And yet the players are getting better salaries than they've ever had in this league. It's yeah. a fact. It's, don't just take my word for it. Look it up. Right. The average salary is much higher in the NHL than it was 10 years ago. Well, who, who was it? Um, just a, just a, not very long ago, you had your the first $10 million player in the NHL, and now... And now that's low Miko Rantanen. Right, yeah, Miko Rantanen, which, I mean, Miko Rantanen's well, I think very, very who deserving. Who was the first 10? Was it Ovechkin? I think it might be Ovechkin who first cracked the 10 barrier. I'm going to look it up. I, I don't remember who I exactly think Ovechkin was. got over 10. I think he's, he makes 13, I think. But well, I think I, then after that, it became 10 was the number. It might be Yarimer Yager who got 10 at one point, though. Uh, and then Kane and Taze each got 10.5. 10, 10 and a half. And now McDavid's what, 13? Uh, 12 and 12, 12, 7 or something like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> now, um, look, they're being the, 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 the top. I mean, Joe Sackick, in 19, and this is still a good salary, but 1996, he was paid $7 million a year, and that was the top salary in hockey. Of all time, right? Of all time to that point. And now that's half what guys are making. So players can't sit there and go, oh, the owners are taking all the money from us and they keep it all themselves. Nope, not by the numbers. It's not. Right. So, and most players will tell you that the salary cap is something they, they like because it creates better balance in the league. Better balance means more interested fans, more owners who want to really compete. And uh, when your revenues are sort of fixed, it's it's easier for everybody to just know the, f the scope going forward. Nobody wants to be in a league if you're a player where your team sucks and then they sell all your teammates away in a fire sale. Mm -hmm. That's not fun. And that's happened to almost every player in the league, good or bad. Now they don't really have to worry about that as much. So anyway, it's back it was it was Taves again. and Kane set the record with 10.5 huh. uh, a couple of years ago. Kid made more than that before that. But uh, I, I could be wrong. I'll take a look uh, into it on this break. How about that? We'll, okay. we'll let everyone know on the other right, side. Let's take a break. When we come back, more talk on just the NHL, state of the league. Where's everything going? How do we feel about it all? BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go and Bender's Bar and Grill. We will be right back. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver podcast. The Sportsbook Bar and Grill is owned by Denver Natives who love Colorado sports. I'm a big sports guy. I love watching sports. I love people's reaction to sports when it's a high-stakes game. No matter what's going on in the world, it kind of unifies people, and everyone seems to be a friend, you know, when you're at a sports bar. So, yeah, that's, that's the main reason I want to get involved with a sports bar. That was John Porter, part owner of Sportsbook. Him and his team pride themselves in creating a great environment for you to enjoy your favorite sports with TVs in every direction you look and so much more. Something that makes Sportsbook unique is not just a sports bar. We also have a killer menu um, with a bunch of, we got pizza burgers and melts and the combination of the food with the experience of a, of a Broncos game or an Avalanche game or a Rockies game and having all that stuff packed into one. I mean, no one wants to sit at home by themselves and watch a game. 
you want to be around friends or you want to make new friends, you want to be full while you do it. And you also would like to have a few drinks with it as well. So with all the beers we have on tap and the diversity of our menu, there's no better spot to watch sports. You feel like you're in your house with all of your friends with you. If you're near Wash Park or Greenwood Village, be sure to stop by Sportsbook Bar and Grill today. Third and final segment here on the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go and Bender's Bar and Grill. Jesse Montano, Adrian Dater up here at Bender's Bar and Grill in Westminster. AD, full disclosure, as we were going out of that last segment, I completely forgot what we were going to talk about. (laughs) That was why I kind of fumbled over my words there. But this is something that is that I don't think it'll be part of any kind of CBA talks. But it's talk that's coming up a lot more amongst GMs, amongst owners. As you pointed out today, one of the league's brightest stars brought it up. Everyone's growing tired of this playoff format. Mm-hmm. It, it was put in place to, quote-unquote, breed rivalries. But really, it's, it's kind of turned into a mess where Dumbest. you have, have some of the best teams in the league getting bumped in the first round playing against a team that's right below them or, or right above them. Yeah. And you're getting these these really odd matchups and, and these matchups that should be big marquee conference final matchups in the first and second round. Right. Before we talk about what they could change it to, what what were your thoughts when they rolled out this playoff format? What are your thoughts now? Oh, I always hated it. I mean, but it used to be this way in the NHL. I mean, the old this is the old format. It used to be that the NHL had the same format way back in the day. Uh you know, I remember the Bruins growing up as a Bruins fan. Well, you won the Adams division. Great. That means you play, you know, Buffalo in the first round or Montreal in the first round, depending on where the numbers fell. Here's why it doesn't make sense. You're saying you want to build rivalries. Great. But if you're playing your division rivals in the first or second round, by definition, that's not going to be as big as the third round. If your it's team not makes mean it, as much. so you've basically already written off the third round as being a non-rivalry matchup. So let's say you're a New York Islander fan, and you hate—you've grown up hating the New York Rangers your entire life. You, you, and vice versa. You're a Ranger fan. You hate the New York Islanders. You say you cheer. Potvin sucks at every <laughs> whistle b- break in in the game, and they do do that still. Mm-hmm. They do it when they're at Pepsi Center. They do. And they still say Red Wings suck, too, at a break. Mm-hmm. They even cheered that at a uh, recent non-Avs game. I uh, can't remember what it was. But I was at a game recently where a whistle happened, a break happened, and people started cheering Red Wings suck. Why can't I remember that? Um, <laughs> so you're, you're a Ranger fan. The most you can play... Your hated team is in the first or second round now. With, well, wouldn't that be better in a conference final? Right. Wouldn't that be a lot more exciting? The Avalanche always played the Red Wings in their best heydays in the conference final. That was when the most exciting ri- matchups happened. They played in the first round. Uh, they played in the second round twice. Now those are great series because it was a great rivalry, but it doesn't. It didn't match the intensity of those Western finals. You've taken away your best division rivals for the biggest stage. So it doesn't make sense. Right. So I'm Steven Stamkos today came out and said, well, you know, it wasn't like a vociferous thing. He just said, look, I think we should go back to the way it was. You know, you, you played one versus eight, and then you reseeded. That, that was simpler. Uh, <clears throat> well, because so the what, and, and what, that's the way it should be. It's to meritocracy me. too. You're you're awarding teams in another division that shouldn't have been, who could who could have a crap division who get to play easier teams to get to the conference final, and we've already seen that happen. Here's oh, so so what the <clears throat> to me where the issue lies is if you're in the central division, for example, you know last year before the Avs kind of had that little bit of a slide there near the end of the year. They were in, you know, contention for that that third third place spot in the central. You were sitting there as an Avs fan, going, "Ah, you know, I'd really rather them drop down a spot to be able to play through the Pacific." You're you're punished for seeding higher in, in that situation where if if you if you 
you know, win out, you go on a streak, and you get to be the third seed, congratulations, here's the Winnipeg Jets. As where if you dropped down one, you would have gotten a run, you know, know, your path to the finals, conference finals would have been through the Pacific. The, the rivalry thing has not worked out, and even if it did, you're playing them too soon. Yeah. Okay, so you had a good first-round rivalry matchup. You're going to sell out the first round anyway. People are still going to come to the games. Save your best rivalries for when it really matters on the biggest stages. You've taken away. There's not one team in the Pacific Division that the Avalanche has a huge rivalry with. So by definition, the Avalanche could never have a really barn burner Western Conference Finals against that one of those teams because fans, there's no rivalry there. They, yeah, they have rivalries with Minnesota and Nashville now. You know, as sort of lame as they are, really. But how quickly did the one at the Wild fizzle out? Right. It was right. that year, the there's next no year. There's no more rivalries anymore in sports anyway. It's not – there's too many good teams. Fans' interests are too fragmented. They're just not into the – like, the media is too fragmented, too. You don't have the – concentration of media that hypes things like they used to because there's no newspapers covering the teams anymore there's no everybody's just kind of looking at their phones on stuff it's not a it's a different world rivalries don't really exist anymore except in the moment and that's it now college sports that's different you have these thousand year rivalries <laughs> between teams and they live all they play once a year still but you play you play all these teams three or four games a year Okay, no real rivalry. If there's a bloody moment and there's a massive talking trash between the teams, then that's a good rivalry for that moment. But they don't carry on for, anymore. For that year. I, I would even say, you know, like I said, when, when the Avs got right. bumped for by the year. Wild, those those next games of that next season, yeah, it was intense and the fans were into it. But, yeah, it's just another team really uh, – you're you're more drawn to just your own team being there rather than hating on the opponent, you know. It's just not. It's not as uh, and the, and the media part is a big part of it that I don't think people realize enough. Like there's no sustained local media anymore that pummels those fans with like <laughs> articles about how awful the other team is. There's nobody who even covers the other team anymore. When I worked at the Denver Post, we used to have a writer for every series whose job was to cover the other team. The whole city, they were the beat writer for that team, basically. So that every every moment of that team's practices and games, locker room, they were there. Not doesn't exist anymore. You don't, as a fan, I don't know what the other team's saying anymore. I don't have a local paper that that has any of that coverage. I don't know anything about the other team. If I'm a super fan, yeah, then I'm gonna click on some site from that city and maybe read an article or two, but you just don't know anymore unless what you see nationally on ESPN or whatever, not hockey-wise, but whatever. So that, that's just part of it. It's a, it's a, it's not a local, it's not a local world anymore when it comes to that stuff. It's a national events-oriented world now where everybody's just kind of gathering around the TV to watch big event but they don't really are not invested in the personalities and hatred of the other team like it used to be i just don't think if you if you were redoing the playoff format today how one would you do eight. it one through eight go back to the old way i'm fine with it it's meritocracy too i mean one if eight beats one then then uh you know then they got to play the next best team if, uh, if 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 the four team beats the one team in the uh, central, now they just got to play another central uh, central team. Um, so I've, they I've don't have to play the powerhouse from the other conference yet. Uh, it's just I, I I wonder if they did this partly because of travel costs. Uh, can't believe they would do that, but maybe you know. You so I've I've heard two interesting theories that I I like. One is just you do one through 16, and those teams get in it, and the number one plays number 16. And, hmm. and it doesn't so matter you if play they're the Eastern other conference. Com- yeah, it doesn't matter. So, so in theory, the Avs could play the Nashville Predators in the, in the Stanley Cup final. Hmm. So to me, hey, 
You think that one breeds a rivalry? Honest, I've never thought of that. Never ever thought of that before. But I wouldn't be averse to trying that. No, it's something in, 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 and it'd be kind of cool. It you would. play the Florida Panthers all of a sudden in the first round in the of the first playoffs. Round. To me, that might also be even more interesting and fun to watch as a fan than, all right, here we go with the Wild again. Because you see the Eastern Conference teams twice yeah, a year, and then never. the only other time you see them is if you get to the finals. So this way, yeah, you could, you I could think spread that out a bit. I you stumbled upon something, kid. Where would you see this? Is this your idea? Or you read no, this? I've, I've, I mean, I, I've heard people talk about it before, and, and like I said, to me the part I that's interesting is – you have an Avs Jets final, and so you have two teams that, that duke it yeah. out in the Stanley Cup final yeah. and then play each other five yeah, times the next year. Why do we have to year? be separated by some imaginary geographical line? I I get it for the regular season, but for the playoffs, I don't I don't get it. And I now think here, I'm a sudden convert to this all of a sudden. <laughs> here's, I'm, I'm well, the, let me I'm the let me know what you think of this one as far as or as far as riling up the other teams. So you you split it by conference, one through eight. Seeds one, two, three, and or seed one gets to pick their opponent. Ooh, ah, too complicated. No, just make it sixteen. One versus sixteen. You like that? Yeah, I think I like that. I kind of like that. I th I think one the one sixteen make it like the March Madness a little bit more. Right. Or or you could do it that way. And I like the concept of you're letting the top seeded team pick who they're gonna play because that is then saying to the other team, we think we can beat you. And yeah, I think that that would bring some some interesting. Uh, I think it's just too complicated in a way and too much drama. Just one through one plays sixteen. I think that's a great idea. I think I'm I'm on board with that. Two Let's plays fifteen, three fourteen, yeah, four thirteen, yeah. So, so on most of so the flight can be in the U in the U.S. is like New York to California. That's five and a half hours. Players can handle that. Big deal. Right. All right. So so you got to go. You got to go to New York. You can still go to you know. You can still play a long distance in the first round, really. I guess no, not well, really. And, and I mean, maybe you stretch the maybe you stretch the first round out by a few days, and you give a couple days Who cares off. about the travel? I mean, the travel is the biggest canard ever in this modern era. Now, I can see that being more of a factor in the old days when you flew commercial. Honestly, these people, these players now step onto like a floating hotel <laughs> on, on on jet air. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's. It's literally like walking into a five-star hotel. So there's just – it's a pleasure for them to be on these planes. Right. You know, so the travel and, excuse is just nothing. And then you and then you reseed after each round. And I like I, it. I like it because you, you get to see more you of the other a, conference. You could have an Avs Wild Stanley Cup final. Now, that would be a real rivalry. That's how you bring – like you said, you, you right. put your, your, your biggest rivals Cup on the finals. biggest stage. I like it. I like it. And or, you're right because the Stanley Cup finals is too often between two strange teams that nobody knows anything about. Why not have it be your best true rivalry? Can you imagine a – A Penn's a, a, Capitals? Can you imagine a Rangers – Islanders Stanley Cup final. How awesome that T would Toronto, be. Toronto, Montreal. Oh my God. That would be insane. Like you would be. For the Stanley, you know, it, it's. Uh, Jesse, I'm going to write this. I'm going to write a story like. Do it. Tomorrow. Let's do that. Send I, it. I'm going to research. I mean, there must be somebody who wrote this a, a bunch, but. Send it to your boy, Bill Daly. Let's get it. Let's, let's get that on the next CBA. I mean, I, I do have Bill Daly's ear, so. <laughs> now he'll probably come up with something like, well. It's not practical for us to travel that much, and this goes all back to these the scenarios. Whole thing. And we have to. All this stuff has to be, but the buildings availability and the blah blah blah. Yeah, Here's my thing. Let's have some fun. The the, the, the NHL is so opposed it. to fun. One through sixteen. Let's play a team you've never expected. Right. I don't. We know we can. The Avalanche can only play one of what six teams in the first round. Mm -hmm. We know. We know. We yeah. all know these teams by now. Yeah, they're going to be fine, but it's, let's. I'd rather play a Buffalo Sabres in the first round than, than uh, I think that would be so much better. You're right. This is a great idea. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, Anything else to add today, AD? Let's or? get a couple. Yeah, let's get a couple. First of all, let us know what you think of this, listeners, right now. Chime in with your comments. Now, we have the last couple podcasts, we haven't read many comments on the air because, because they've much. all been kind of the same. Yeah. And, uh, we need a little more variety. We want you to think outside the box on these questions. We don't want just <clears> – here's what we don't want. As much as you want to know <coughs> should the Avs make a trade at the deadline, the answer is always going to be maybe, maybe. or maybe not. 
we don't know what's absolutely going to happen. Um, he, 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 when it gets closer to the deadline, let's let's get into more of that. But it's still three months away or whatever it is. We want out of the box questions a little bit more. We want we want your hardcore hockey, just every the Zen moment questions. So give us those questions, but also tell us what you think about this one through sixteen format. Like, would you be in favor of that, fan? Let us know in the comments, and then we'll read that on the next podcast and get into that more, and, and then really make this a maybe a grassroots movement. Who knows? Pittsburgh, Philly. Could you imagine watching Pittsburgh maybe. and Philly in the finals? Great finals. I mean, what else? I mean, you know, it could happen now. Of course, the Avs, Red Wings. That'd be a great final. Uh, a couple uh, of the I mean, California, the, the Ducks, Kings. Nah, that'll Don't, never be exciting because nobody cares about hockey. But, I mean, those two LA teams beat sucks. the hell out. I mean, they suck. I know, both you're right. Suck yeah, out, but they, in theory, right. just yeah. the, from a rivalry standpoint. Well, you got to have Corey Perry play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ed, yeah. Edmonton, Calgary. Could you imagine watching oh those two? Oh, my God. Can the, you imagine an Edmonton, Calgary Stanley Cup final? That'd be freaking insane. I can't imagine a more hotter ticket to get. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I'll tell a quick story here. I, I covered the 2006 Stanley Cup Finals between Edmonton and uh, Carolina. One of the <laughs> went Talk back about and forth from the cities, but they were getting $800 a ticket in Edmonton for seats for that game on the street, and I saw a person whip out $800. Eight $100 bills one time to buy one ticket to that game. And that was for Carolina. Can you, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine a Calgary Edmonton? Probably be $5,000 ticket minimum. Now, I think they had more money back in Canada back in those days. Those oil sand workers up in Edmonton had a lot of money to throw around. You uh, just you think about all the all the rivalries that do exist right? in their conference, right? but you can't see them unless. And now first, you've eliminated that in, with the playoff format. You can't even see an Islander. Ranger, a lot would have to go only in, in the first round, but by then, who cares? You still got three more rounds to go. Right. Your fans' biggest rivalry is gone. Now you've got three more boring rounds to sit through. In theory, now if your team is in it, of course you're always excited. But to be really invested in it and get the big numbers of fans, the bandwagon fans, just have to be an Islander Ranger final, is conference final, that can't exist. One through sixteen, let's do it. I'm in favor. My, the one that I think of, you know, you think of the last few years when the, when the Caps and Pens were meeting in the second round every year. Imagine if Ovechkin and Crosby had to battle That's it out for a Stanley so, Cup. you got to be on the biggest stage. That's the thing. Second round isn't good enough. Not good enough. I agree. Uh, well, let's, let's get A couple other house cleaning things. Yes. Uh, yeah. So give us your comments. Also, leave us a rating and a review, please, on iTunes. We've been a little slower on those lately we know there's a ton of you out there but just go ahead and click on the itunes thing just throw us a five star it's not gonna it's gonna take you one second folks and just do it all right uh, we don't just want the good feedback we want all feedback yeah make it good make it good <laughs> don't be a hater don't be a hater out there i mean think of karma coming your way uh, uh watch party friday night ice house tavern be there be square uh, we're giving away six pairs of Avalanche Maple Leafs luxury suite tickets. So if you show up at Ice House Tavern tomorrow, you don't buy anything. You don't have to pay for anything. You just say you're from your BSN subscriber or not. We'll still give you a lottery, uh, mm-hmm. a lottery ticket. Raffle. Whatever, a raffle ticket to put in a hat. The six we pick out are going to go get two free suite tickets. We have the tickets in hand. We did this a f- about a month or two ago. The game's next week. I'll we be, literally I'll be in hand, the I was handing luxury suite tickets to fans in the place. Your odds are pretty high you're going to get a couple. So come on out. you got to hit the RSVP link, though, on our site. you got to go see our site. Hit the RSVP link. Let us know you're coming. We need to know that stuff. Come we're, on out. We're tweeting starts that link at, out. Starts at game time. We're going to watch the Avs and Blues. And uh, I'll be there hosting with, uh, with various other BSN personnel. And just show up. Let us know you're there, and uh, you could win these two free tickets. We're going to have T-shirts to give away. You're going to talk hockey with me. What could be better? Your first Coors Banquet's on the house, too. You let them know you're, with, you're there with BSN Denver, your first Coors Banquet. I mean, do you want the shirt off our backs, folks, too? I mean, is that what it has to come to? Do I have to take off my shirt and give it to you? I mean, is that what? He I'll will. Do I've it. seen him I'll do it. it. I'll do it. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I've got a lot of shirts in the closet still, some from like 45 years ago, seriously, that I've got, so I can put on <laughs> new shirts. So come on out. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. We've, uh, we've. Oh, I just want to say thanks to everybody. Tell a friend about us. We've got a sale going on. That's what I mentioned too. We've got a sale. We we need we need your subscriptions to keep keep doing this, folks. We need we need money to go on the road. We need to we need to do this. It's not free. So tell your friend about a subscription. You get a a, a BSN subscription for twenty nine ninety five. That gets you twelve months of coverage. Twenty four seven coverage of all sports, not just Avs. And we'll throw in a free BSN Locker T-shirt for you. And that includes a three-headed monster shirt, the Nathan McKinnon Nintendo 94 shirt, the Philip Lindsay shirts that are great. Have, do, have we had those All in our stock shirts. like regularly? Yeah, we have a ton of them. I was in the office today, and we have a ton of them. There we go. So, well, I was going to say, they're selling so... Yeah, we just I got mean, a new shipment crazy. in, and they're selling. That's why we had to order a ton. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so so give us that, and uh, that's it. I think, uh, I think we're good. Awesome. Well, AD, it's always a pleasure uh, coming up here and chatting with you. We, we fight through the traffic, but it's always worth it to come up to Benders. Big shout-out to these guys, as always. They uh, they always take such great care of us. For Adrian Dater, I've been Jesse Montano. This has been the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by In We Go and Benders Bar and & Grill. Thank you guys all so much for listening.